0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pau Cultura. I am your host today, Natalia. I know it's usually Brian, but you know what? We decided to switch it up a little bit. Uh, but you know what? You're still going to get your weekly dose of Brian because yeah. he's actually <laughs> one of our guests today. Brian, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. Everyone's like, all right, next next uh, episode. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Just like, oh, damn it. When they heard your voice, they were like, finally, someone else. And they're like,
0: oh, shit. (laughs) They're like going to double check and be like, wait, is this No Hold up. All right.
1: And
0: also today we have joining us, Leslie. Leslie, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing really great. Um, It's a wonderful Saturday morning. And I'm just excited to be here. That's awesome. All right, cool. So
0: in honor of brian's trend trailblazer or whatever you call that word (laughs) we
1: like the most simplest of of things
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey but we gotta give credit where credit is due so (laughs) if you've listened to our other podcast you know that we usually start off the podcast with like a little random icebreaker um so since today we are going to be learning a little bit more about the personal lives of the hosts today uh we're just let's just get right into it and just i want to know what natural disaster are you guys most afraid of and why?
1: My life. That's a natural disaster, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? Is that a valid natural disaster?
0: I i mean, I guess. I, I'm i sure no. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up Wikipedia natural disasters, I'm sure somebody added something like that. In.
1: No, I mean, if, if we're talking real natural disasters like created by Mother Nature. Or in some instances, I feel like some of them are created by humans. But I would actually put, for for whatever reason, a lot of people would choose, like like, earthquakes, especially if you live in California. But I feel like at the same time, because you live in California, you're more used to them. Mm-hmm. But something I'm not used to is, like, rain. Like, I'm really not used to rain and, like, stormy weather. And so the only times I've ever experienced, like, heavy rainfall and, like thunder and lightning was when i was out of california like in a different state and I, that's probably what i'm most afraid of because like it can come out of nowhere like you know it's all rainbows and sunshine you know in the morning and then all of a sudden like 80 year old is like i know it's gonna rain because <laughs> it's cold or some some dumb like superstition thing but it works and you're just like how, 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 how do you know that so then I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't like lightning. I feel like I have the bad. I also was, maybe this is like PTSD from when I was like playing soccer and the lightning was like striking very close to us. So Mm. I don't know, I just don't like that. I know the chances are more like small of getting hit by lightning, but I think like the lotto is harder to win than getting struck
2: by lightning. Jesus.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Don't like lightning, um, so I'm going to go with storms.
2: All right, that's cool. What about like a, a hurricane? Would that be worse, or are you more afraid of the lightning aspect of it?
1: I feel like the hurricane, if you go underground, you'd be good.
2: No, because that's – wouldn't that be where all the water is, though?
1: If there's water. I don't know. I feel like – worst case scenario, if I go out, I go on, out on like a little joy ride, you know, and the okay. hurricane just swishing around like the – that little flying saucer ride right, that you get on carnivals where you're just like going in a circle. I don't know. Versus like lightning strike, you just like, you know, Pikachu comes, Pikachu's lightning bolt just comes down on you and you're just like fried and that's it. There's <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: no joy in that.
2: It's super effective.
0: Leslie, what about you? What's your most feared natural disaster? For
2: me, I would say tsunami. Mm-hmm. Because with that, it's like you can just get like swept up and like that's it. Your- Um, I definitely think drowning is probably a pretty, pretty horrible experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, yeah, like I, I recently watched this, um, I think it was probably like a vice news video where a man was like still looking for his wife who he like lost in the tsunami. And it's Mm -hmm. just like really sad because he, he just goes, um, like spelunking or like scuba diving every weekend to try to like find at least some part of her and that's just like crazy just get like like there were there's thousands of people that were just like lost like that and you, it's, it's not like they're you know they survived that because if, if they were just swept away onto you know different land they'd be back in their normal lives
1: they'll just turn into mermaids
2: is that how mermaids are created i don't know i don't
1: know <laughs> natural disasters
2: yeah oh i think the One of the more fun natural disasters to be in is probably a twister, because you could get you could you could actually survive that. You could just get like you could know what it's like to fly, you know.
1: Is a twister different from a hurricane?
2: Yeah, yeah. Twister is like the stuff that happens in like in the like what's that area called? It's not the Midwest, is it? It's in the Great Plains. Yeah, in the plains. There there'd be all these like twisters and you know, that's how you get stuff like Wizard of Oz. They're like, Oh no. <laughs> just um, yeah.
0: The, that's like your house is in shambles, but you're like, fuck it, I flo- <laughs> I, I learned how to fly, did you?
1: I <laughs> was a bird yeah. for a day, what you got on that. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're like about half a mile.
1: <laughs> I completely forgot about tsunamis.
2: Yeah,
0: I was I was about to say that was probably my worst fear. Mo- mostly because I think as a Californian, we're not really used to water because we're like in a drought. But I mean, obviously with like the beach <laughs> and everything.
1: It's like when it starts raining, we're just like, I'm
0: melting, I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> when it starts raining, everybody posts on their Snapchat. They're like this weather and they're like so excited about
1: H2O it. H2O is falling from the sky.
0: <laughs> so I guess because of my lack of natural water flowing <laughs> in my life, <laughs> I guess I have a fear of tsunamis. And also because I live pretty close not pretty close to the coast, but, like, relatively close, um, like, close enough, <laughs> so I'm just always um, scared of that, and I guess earthquakes, too, just because, you know, I'm located on the fall, and then there was a giant earthquake in San Francisco, like, I think they had two mega earthquakes, so I'm like, damn, if that would happen again, <laughs> but, I mean, the good thing about that is that now a lot of our buildings are, like, built to um, survive, Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like as earthquake proof as they possibly can be at this moment. So I guess that's like a relief, but I would say tsunamis, yeah. It's my
2: there's actually an earthquake like last week pretty much. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. The most annoying thing about them is that they come at like four AM or something like that.
1: What is it with them? Do like is there like a earthquake club? Where, like, San Andreas and all the homies are just like, hey, yo, all right, you're going to schedule at four? Because that's when <laughs> little Timmy is asleep. And they just like go off at four, and then everyone can't sleep from then on because like, they're all paranoid, like, the time yeah. has come, San Andreas. Talk
2: about Rockabye Baby. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just the earth, you know, like, rocking us to sleep. It's very. Wait,
1: that's actually- a lullaby
2: <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the lullaby is our screens <laughs> oh no
1: <laughs> it, it's funny because I would think that I mean the most imminent threat is an earthquake to us mm-hmm. because obviously we're prone to a massive one at some point like we're long overdue mm-hmm. but I, I would still be afraid of a tsunami more for even though we probably won't get one Cause I always I've one of the I don't really have many fears, um, and I love swimming. But for some reason, I always get like an image of me drowning in the in the ocean, which is why I will not go on a boat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then when I was little, I did almost drown in a river. So my relationship with the water is uh, a <laughs> love hate. <laughs> I
2: would never do a cruise. Never a cruise. Yeah, like I would hate that feeling because. Because there's no way to be like, Okay, I'm done being on the water, let's go. It's like, no, you paid for this ticket, you're gonna go the whole way. You know, and if there's COVID on it, so be it, you know. And um yeah, I would just I would just hate that 'cause like I would panic if I if I saw like, Oh my god, I'm completely surrounded by water. If something happens, you know, I'm at the mercy of whoever's whoever else is on this ship, you know.
0: Yeah. To me, it's funny because going to college is an interesting thing because you get people from all over the place. And some people come from places where it's not common to get an earthquake. So like when they come to a place like L.A. and then like people that are like from California are always talking about like, oh, what to do in an earthquake drill. And some of those people are like, what do you do in an earthquake drill? And you're just like, oh, (laughs) like it's a good thing to know if you're going to move to California what to do (laughs) in an earthquake.
1: Funny thing is I still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you think by now like i'm just like do i get underneath this wooden but then i'm like is, is the exterior is is the actual material of the table gonna hold yeah so, i don't know i
2: know i'm like i'm like how how am i how am i supposed to expect you know my bed is not going to collapse on me you know
1: it's like i got this from ikea i'm pretty sure it's not sturdy
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i got this off facebook market like i'm pretty sure- <laughs> <laughs>
1: The owner said it was earthquake-proof, but I don't believe him.
0: (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Okay, so now we got to know a little bit about Brian and Leslie's fears, as well as my fear with natural disasters and stuff like that. But let's get to know them a little bit more about what they love to do, which is what we do in this club. This is the Latinx Film and Theater Association. And as you can tell by the title, (laughs) shocker, we like to do film and theater-related things. Um, And so this episode, I kind of just wanted to get to know our members and know kind of like their roots and uh, what they what made them want to pursue a career in this field. So um, I guess the question that I have for you guys is, like, when did you know that this was more than a hobby? And then if you're going to answer it, go ahead and let them know, like, if you're more into the theater aspect or if you're more into the filmmaking aspect and like um, what branches you wanna go into.
2: Um oh I guess I could go first. Um look I feel like when you're a kid, that's when your passions are most like like concentrated and real for you. Um so for me personally, I was like a really goofy kid and I like loved to make people laugh and I would like I actually I kid you not like I was acting like some Like, I was on a, like, family sitcom. So, I, like, came up with, like, little catchphrases and stuff to say to, like, make people laugh. And I had to, like, really commit to, like, whatever I was doing. Like, I had a phase where I was pretending to be, like, a dog. So, I would, like, lick people's elbows and, like, (laughs) you know, like, drink out of a, like, drink water out of a bowl and stuff. (laughs) Like, I was weird. I was a weird kid a little bit. Uh, But... Uh, yeah. And then like eventually as I grew up, I actually became, I had I became like shy and that's when I started to, um, I, I also got bored a lot cause I had a very like hyperactive kind of, I always wanted my brain to be on to something, doing something, you know? So I started to draw while I was really bored at the doctor's office. Uh, my mom just handed me like a pen and paper, and I just I just kept doing it. I just kept on drawing and drawing and drawing, in class, you know, whenever I could. Thankfully, like none of my teachers really like got mad at me for drawing because I was still doing the work, so that was nice. So yeah, I was always I was drawing like Pokemon. I would draw my favorite cartoon characters, and I feel like the moment where I realized I wanted to be a cartoonist is. Um, Partially, people being like, oh, my God, you should do cartoons. And also um, just realizing, like, hey, I'm like, I'm supposed to be too old for cartoons. Why, why, why do I still like it so much? And once I found out that it was, like, a job, which was surprisingly late, <laughs> I, I realized that in, like, high school that I could become an animator. Then I was like, okay, I have to do that now. Um, so yeah, I I realized that the with with all of the things that I liked doing, which was like I liked being in musicals, I liked I like playing music in general. I liked making comics. I liked writing jokes and stuff. Um, I felt like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I never felt like I was good at any one thing to really like stand out in a certain field. And once I realized that with um, film specifically i could combine all of my talents i was like this is perfect <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, I so that's why i'm an animator and um it just allows me to to express myself in in the best way i can and in, in all of the ways that i know and so that's why i love it so much
1: before natalia even asks any questions i have two very, very important questions.
2: All right.
0: Hit us.
1: Which Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which Pokemons were you drawing?
2: I love Squirtle.
1: Yes, I love Squirtle.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I, I couldn't tell you why. Like, when you're that young, you just kind of latch onto a Pokemon. Um, I just like
1: the way it was like Squirtle or something. I mean, they all repeated their names, basically. That's all they could say, but.
2: Oh, I'll, I bet! I bet Squirtle Squad was a part of it. You know, there's like the the cool Squirtles.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> they just seem like um, I don't know. They seem pretty rad. They sh- and and it's the only Pokemon that has like it was one of the only Pokemon that had like a mechanical thing attached to it with Blastoise. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: Um, so that's pretty sick. Um, I feel like though when when you are coming from a um like your, when your parents were like immigrants i feel like it's a lot it's a lot harder for children of immigrants to like pursue the arts mm. um because they're they're often very concerned that they'd be that you are you know making something that's financially lucrative like 100%. um you know like being a doctor or whatever i feel like it's a really big risk for us to invest in filmmaking and that's why i think it's so important for us because um You know, there really wasn't a whole lot of opportunities for me to, like, learn very much about about film and stuff. And that's why I actually came to UCLA as an undeclared major, because I knew myself and I knew that I I didn't know enough about film to actually, like, get into the film major straight away. Um, Or even, like, probably, I don't even know if I would have gotten into many, like, Film schools or art schools, because you know there weren't really a whole lot of like um, opportunities in learning art and stuff um, at my school. Um, so by taking the cl- the film classes that were at UCLA, I was able to kind of learn the language. Like, okay, this is what they, this is how they see, you know, film. And by doing that, then I applied as a change of major. Um, mm to change my, my major from Undeclared Humanities to a film major. And it worked out. And I was the actually the only person that year that got into the film major as a change of major from the oh, school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. And I think a big part of it was also because I had already taken so many of the classes.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, might as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, it's easy for me at this point, um, class-wise. So, yeah, it worked out pretty well. And, um, yeah, I really love the animation program yeah, yeah, at UCLA and in general the film program because it's very, it's very much a community. So mm-hmm. it's really great. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I didn't know that um, you had a, applied for a change of major. That's pretty dope.
2: Yeah, I was going to be kind of screwed. If, if I wasn't accepted as a film major, I would have had to be like, oh, shoot, I'm in my third year now. And I have to choose a, a new major. Uh
1: yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like
2: uh poli sci, I don't know. It, it would have been hard for me for sure.
1: <laughs> just choose <laughs> a random major.
2: Something something like quick. No offense to UCLA poli sci majors. They just listening to this, they're like, What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just know that it was one of the quicker ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, no for sure. I,
1: I love I love that man that you pointed out how it's like you didn't know much because you it's it's an entire risk like coming from uh, parents who are immigrants and you absolutely don't really have any resources and then you go in and you're like well i want to do that but i i don't have any resources so that's that's what ucla kind of helped you with and also you're like oh i you know, cartoons was for kids and then you're like oh but you can make a living i hate that idea that people still think that cartoons are only for kids like that's like a a very huge misconception
2: oh yeah like, don't get even getting started
1: don't act like you ain't gonna see frozen three times in the theaters i mean i, I still haven't seen frozen but
2: <laughs> <laughs> bad example but <laughs> yeah you know you okay. get the gist <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome uh brian what about you when did when did you know that this was something that you wanted to pursue
1: i mean mine's mad weird because i was i was similar to leslie i was very happy and goofy when i was a little kid and as i got older um i think as i got into sports i became a lot more reserved and a lot more quiet into myself just because i was so bad at sports um growing up like, I love them so much, but I was just very bad at them because um, I was an athletic. Um, when I went to a doctor, they are like, oh, you have um, high cholesterol or something like that. Like, I was not in shape as a little kid. And so I got a lot of, like, hate for that when I started playing soccer. So I dedicated, like, the next year of just playing as much as I could, and that became – what i wanted to do and from an earlier age too like i just loved the sport so much and so from the from a little kid up until high school that's all my mind was at and so the way that film and theater kind of fit into my life was when i would have uh to do a presentation or when i would have to do like a a monologue for my english class when i would get that that opportunity because i knew i knew that i knew how to act just like naturally because i never took any classes before college you know Mm -hmm. i i didn't Mm know anything um my parents couldn't afford to pay like those expensive ass like acting classes and like i said i was busy with soccer like i've spoken about this before but like that that literally was my life like growing up um i genuinely was living the life of someone who was trying to go pro and like everyone's like oh yeah i want to go pro i'm good and like they play like on on the weekends or stuff no i was like it went to school and then immediately went to club practice i was playing i was like 12 and i was playing with like 17 year olds in club um so i had to grow up very quickly when it came to like the sport because i was playing with like basically grown-ass men (laughs) um and i think that made me better but As I got into um, high school, like my first year of high school, I think it it became like so much. I I had um, school, I had practice at 6 a.m. for my, my freshman year. After school, I had to rush to my club practice because club was far from where I lived. So I had to rush there and I would get home very late to do homework and eat. And then at the same time, while I was playing for the school and I was playing club, I was also playing for a Sunday league team that my dad had that had two different divisions. So I was playing two games on the weekend plus club the next day, which was up to three games sometimes. So it was literally and then it was practice Monday through Friday. So my life was entirely that. And the reason I i am bringing this into a discussion about film is just to like understand how I came to that conclusion of wanting to do film or theater because initially i didn't like i'm not gonna lie and be like when i came out of the womb i was singing in the rain you know (laughs) yeah like that's that wasn't the case film and theater is just something that came into my life that it was also it was kind of like in the back you know because i was focusing so much on something else um but the 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 true point, I think, you all have like this, or I believe we all have like this moment where we're like epiphany time. We're like, "Whoa, that was, you know, that was awesome!" Like, and for me, that came in um, middle school when I took a film class, and it was kind of a class I no one took serious. We just go and like mess around, not really do the work. But the the final th- project or whatever was to make a film, and when we actually went out and got the camera and the tripod and we we're like, all right, let's do our lines. And I, you know, I, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna act whatever. And I acted and I was like, this was actually like the entire process of just filming and all that was just super fun. Um, it was my first time too. And then after the teacher was just like, you know, you you're actually pretty good at, uh, at acting. Have you, have you acted before? I was like, nah, I, I, I don't know. I was just having fun. And she's like, yeah, um, you know, I, I would uh I would suggest you continue with this. Unfortunately, when I got to high school, like I said, my mind was all completely on sports. And when I when I was like, oh, what theater programs and stuff like that, they just didn't fit into my schedule, unfortunately. So for for that reason, I couldn't like even give theater or film or anything like that an hour of my day. Because they're just it just Contradicted to what at the time was the most important thing to me, and that was sports um because I think around like ninth grade, maybe it was tenth I don't know quite remember I had like an opportunity to go to an academy and I had to make like a very difficult decision that was like the crossroads I guess in regards to that where I chose education over sports because i I would have to sacrifice a lot um if I uh took the academy route um because I might have had to um move to Mexico for a bit, Mm -hmm. which would have meant uh I'd have to stop school here obviously and ultimately like fall behind and that would have definitely affected my um you know college applications and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was it was when I got to college I actually applied as economics, not because I wanted to do economics Mm-hmm. But I was like, hmm, I kind of don't know what I want to do. But I, I didn't put um undeclared. I don't know why. <laughs> Everywhere I just put economics. When I got to UCLA, I took the route of neuroscience because I've always been interested in the brain. So for the first two years, I was a neuroscience major. But I think it goes back to the pressure that Leslie was describing of how we're just pressured to have a job that will pay the bills because that's mm-hmm. kind of what is, is expected from us, from our Latinx households. And
0: yeah.
1: although I do love the brain and I, I, I do love the study of it, I just, something about it just wasn't, I was like, I can't picture the rest of my life doing this as much as I enjoy it. And in the, from the beginning From, you know, the first um, year of college, I did start taking theater classes, as many as I could, because a lot of them are restricted to, like, actual theater majors. So I started taking, like, the theater 20s, and then I started taking um, the general um, education classes that you have to take to complete the minor. And just as I started, you know, progressing throughout college i just started learning a lot more about theater and the the thing was even then i felt like such an outsider because everyone was already either had taken classes has been in plays had had experience and i was there just like this is all new to me like i haven't seen that play and they're like oh you haven't seen that play it's like super popular i was like no i'm sorry you know i had spent my time dribbling a ball for like the last years you know so i was like Mm -hmm. I just hear people about, like, doing this and that. I, I felt like such an outsider, especially being a person of color. And not only that, I'm like, because there's, like, lighter-skinned Latinx because they come in all different shapes and sizes and colors, but people tend to forget. And so throughout, like, all that, I felt even more outsider because I was just surrounded by a, a bunch of white people. And a lot of them actually knew what was going on. So. Yeah it really felt like isolating but i was like i love this so much um and i just kept taking classes did like the i actually got to take some actual classes with professors that were like you know legit telling you what you can work on i got to work with directing students um for one of my classes which i had to like audition for to like you have to audition to get into the class Um, and then the martial arts um, classes that they like for stunt performance and stuff like that. I just all that with LFT of course like getting to do the play yeah. like writing the play and getting to act in the process like that made me fall even more in love but the interesting part is all that is if you've noticed all that is theater related
2: Yeah,
1: about zero of it is film so if I'm being honest film is just something I enjoy like acting in film and I've actually been told that my way of acting actually fits more of the film because i can't act in theater i just like my whole being opposes it because theater is very much more dramatic and like over the top yeah and i'm like that's not how people act
2: oh my god yeah
1: so then when <laughs> i act like and they've told i've i've heard this from so many different professors they're just like you have a very natural realistic way of your acting i'm like yeah because that that's how people are in person I keep remembering that, yo, this isn't a film class. It's a theater class. If it was film, you know, it would work because it's like a real person, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Can you say, wait, did you get flack for being too real? when you? Yeah, I got flack. I literally,
1: I'm i not kidding. I'm not kidding. My <laughs> professor said, you act too real. Nah. Ugh. And other people were just like, I don't want to keep saying little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> little Jimmy. It's just, it's just a funny. Um, but there it'll be like let's say the line is like honey, I'm home, right? Just as an just as an example. Okay. if I said the line like this, honey, I'm home, like normal, they would want me to say, like, honey, I'm home, yeah. like something like that. And I'm just like, no <laughs> one says that. <laughs> <laughs> but but obviously it's theater. I understand it, you know. Um but but even then, not all theater is like that. I, th- I think that's kind of an old thought, that all theater is that dramatic and all that. And I didn't see that. When, when I was creating my play, I completely took the alternate route and made it a lot more realistic, I think. like I still incorporated some theatrical elements, but I wanted to make it more real because I feel like if it's real, it allows for the audience to connect a lot more because you see yourself more in the characters. Yeah. And and that's what film does, I think. And so I think the last, especially with this group that we have right now, and last year, it was a lot of film, I think, or very film heavy, as opposed to previous years. Cause film was only incorporated into LFTA um the year I started LFTA, because before that it was Night of Cultura, exclusively for theater. But they incorporated that film and television aspect into it. And I think those last these last two years that we've had has been a learning experience for myself in learning how to how the whole process works, as well as like learning from people that want to go into the same thing that I want to go into.
0: Yeah, that's hella dope. And if you guys want to watch Brian's play, it's on our YouTube, isn't it? (laughs) don't go <laughs> <laughs> he's like don't you freaking dare i'm all over here like go check it out guys <laughs> but yeah i mean um i worked with brian as an actor last year in the short film that we were doing meat lover which got
2: cancelled
0: I- i'm sure everybody has heard us talk about it um but it was written by alan one of the members and brian was the main actor and uh it was just like a a really cool learning experience i think for everybody myself included just cause I had never worked with like a team team. Like I was always like a one woman type of deal. <laughs> so that was really cool. And it was nice to like get someone who actually knew about acting and not just one of my friends and be like, please, can you say this line? And they're like, girl, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, <laughs> but yeah.
2: It's hard to get like regular people to act.
0: Yes, oh my God. That's like one thing that always holds me back when I have like an idea is the fact that I don't know where to look. I know I know now like I joined Facebook groups in like the Bay Area for like people that like to act and stuff like that. So I know I could post it in there, but it's just like something about working with strangers, like you never know if they're reliable to show up or whatever. But you know yeah. what? It doesn't hurt to try. <laughs>
1: See, this is why I love I love the org because we have a little bit of, of everyone. And when yeah. you come together it just works.
2: Um I also just love that we we all kind of like share the same kind of perspective, um like we all like to have fun about it, you know, none of us are like too much like, oh my God, I am like portraying my life on screen, and this is very, very serious, you know, like all of us um, I feel like I just love our culture and our our mood with how we go about film and stuff in this creative process. um this is uh not gonna lie the the most fun like club i've ever been in so yeah i mean take that
1: as a compliment i guess it's really heartwarming because um i i kind of agree i see i see what you're you're saying that like the environment like the vibe i've said this before because i was a part of the um other org before this or not other org but like lft before like it almost died (laughs) (laughs) and um it was a completely different vibe it felt like it was all business
2: and Mm -hmm. and
1: and i was like that's that's not really fun so you know when when zyda and i just was kind of ha- put into this place i was like well it shouldn't be all business it should be fun it should be about building a community that brings them um, brings um each other up and um i think the whole org shares that like leslie like you said the whole org shares that kind of perspective of having fun and doing what we love without having to bring another person down so that we rise if that makes sense
2: yeah we can all get up together
1: and the thing is we're not even in person
2: yeah i never even met you guys in person and that's crazy. that's wild (laughs) just through you know this stuff and zoom like i feel like i i know you guys pretty well like yeah we're just mad goofy (laughs) stuff with you guys and and um, I also think that because it's fun, we're more motivated to do it. And that's why we kind of create
1: like a lot of You said yeah. it was like a, a great time and stuff like that. I was like, if only we were in person. Yeah, like, for real, because I remember it was a hoot and a half.
0: <laughs> it was literally, oh, my God, the, the meetings were just like, we got stuff done, but it was just a fun time. Like. I remember getting ready for the meetings like an hour before they happened. Cause I was just like, don't want to be late. Like I was just like, <laughs> and I always got there hella freaking early just cause I was like excited to go. And so I'd always be like one of the first ones there. And then usually like Alan would be there too. And they would just like talk and then make jokes and, and it was like a lot of fun. Um, so I definitely missed that, but that's, that's hella crazy. I forgot that Leslie has a medicine person.
2: I know you could forget that, right? It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's just like, oh, like she doesn't know my shoe size, like she's never seen my feet. Like,
1: <laughs> I love it. That that's the example you went yeah. with.
2: Yeah,
1: my shoe size. What if I <laughs> have tiny that feet? That is
2: my most personal part of me. Is
1: my shoe size. <laughs> my shoe,
0: <laughs> what if I have big ass feet like that one? I don't know if y'all seen the Proud Family that oh. one, character. <laughs> like Leslie wouldn't know that if I had big feet, but. Yeah, that's, like, so crazy to, to even think about. And um, Leslie was one of the few that did end up sticking around because I know... Um, right, yeah. Yeah, because our recruitment p- process was a little rough this year because, right. obviously, it's online and people don't really know what to expect. And Leslie stuck around, and I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. Um, I, I'm glad it's been a lot of fun
2: for you. Honestly, and it's crazy because I didn't even find this on my own. Like, it was literally just because I was in the... Uh, Chicano film class, and mm-hmm. it was posted. I think you posted th- yeah. Th- yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, did. Hey,
1: Natalia. <laughs> 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 yeah, you like like hey,
0: you're interested. You know,
2: LFTA, and I'm
0: like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like so nervous because I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna post in a group me. <laughs> so I posted, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that it, it it was able to reach out to some people, and um, I'm glad that you're having fun. That's dope. That's what LFTA is about, you guys.
1: <laughs> and, and and we'll see Leslie and Crisera, both that we've never oh, seen yeah. in person next
2: In the
0: retreat. In the yeah, retreat. That's exciting. Wow, everybody's going to know my shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Natalia's just going to cover her feet <laughs> with blankets the whole trip.
0: I'm going to be like, a plot twist, I'm a mermaid. I have a mermaid tail, so <laughs> that's what they're going to see. It's the the H2O. Don't get me wet, because then I'm going to turn Australian. <laughs> <laughs> i be like, clear. <laughs> no, that's hella lit. But yeah, that was really interesting to hear about your guys' origin stories. And um, I'm glad that you guys are pursuing this type of thing. Because like you guys said, like as Latino creatives, we don't really know that the arts is an option for us early on. Because I think that a lot of our culture is rooted in like hard work and you know, money basically like yeah. ways to make money and for a lot of people they think that the arts isn't the most stable way to go which I have like such a problem with because it's like the art is something that we consume every day like I'm pretty sure you watch a commercial or a movie or a show like every day or if not weekly and I just hate how it's not as respected as other careers are like I get it other mm-hmm. careers you know you could save someone's life if you're a doctor you could save someone else if you're a lawyer and this and that but it's like i would like to be as respected as those careers you know yeah Yeah, 100 percent.
2: you know the stem fields allow us to make it easier to live but art is what makes life worth living
1: Uh uh-huh
2: perfectly said like everything around you had to be created by an artist in in the sense like um like like okay it's obvious there's the shows and stuff but there's also like stuff like chairs like there was a designer that that made that you know there's like everything you made is you could say is art
0: yeah even like where you live like architecture
1: (laughs) and it is and it is hard though like no that is not wrong wrong like it like monetary if you focus on the money i think you're going to be obsessed with that and that's not the point of of doing this you do it because you love it but the problem really is it's just hard to get your foot in the door when you come from a background that you don't know any connections and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so huge. And that's why um, it was really poignant when you talked about the whole, like, outsider thing. Because the first thing I noticed when I start to really, like, meet um, my like cohort, people were t- talking about, you know, their backgrounds and stuff. And so many people, I couldn't believe how many people had, like, actor parents or theater parents or uh, actually, a lot of architect parents, too. And mm-hmm. um, I was just like, what? Like, well, like, a lot of people that directly nurtured their children's, you know, um, interest in the arts and in theater and film. And, you know, I was like, that was nothing. For, that I did not get that kind of thing, you know. Like, for us, it was a struggle to, like, realize, hey, I like this. And not only do I like this, I want to pursue it. And it's just, like, a lot harder for us, I think, um, when you're coming from somewhere where no one else um, you know has that, there's no example for you. and um I also didn't have as much time as everyone as a lot of a lot of people uh, because I was also I also have a part- time job, and so that makes it so that I can't put as much time or effort or money into my homework and like my projects.
0: yeah
1: also no one no not, not every. I want to remind that not everyone is supportive of, you know, your goals and your dreams. I think that's really hard on like a, a mental level because you're co- constantly being challenged. You know, you're trying to break in, but then people are like, "Well, what are you doing with your life?" Like, this isn't all a people consider it not a real career, or they see it all as a childhood fairy tale kind of thing. Where, oh yeah, I'm gonna make it in the um, entertainment industry, and it's like. No, it's a legit thing. You know, it's like it's like becoming a doctor. It's like becoming a scientist. It's all a dream. Everything is a dream until you make it a reality.
0: Yeah, I think I definitely got lucky in that my parents did support me. Um, Like when I told them that like I was pursuing film school and I think I, I talked about it in like one of the very first episodes where like when I was applying for colleges, I didn't tell my parents at all like what I was applying as. Um, Because they'd always ask me, they'd be like, oh, like, what are you going for? I was just like, undeclared, like, I don't know. And then like secretly I was like, film school. and And there's always like this, I feel like so many people are like, oh, should you go to film school? Is it a waste of time? I think that's very like to each their own because you know like we were talking about some people have connections already and like sure you can go and sure you can learn a whole bunch of stuff on youtube but what they don't really give you is like those connections that you need and especially coming from someone who had parents that have no artistic background like my parents they, they always tell me that there's that they're surprised that I was that I decided to go into like an artistic background because they were like They'll always be like, oh, like, we're not artistic at all. I don't know where you got that (laughs) from. (laughs) Uh, They're, like, so confused. They were, like, I mean, because they're very, like, uh, academic-based because they're teachers. So um, they were, like, very shook. But, I mean, they're proud of me, which is awesome. And my grandparents, too. My grandpa, when I told him, he was so excited Like I remember that very clearly of how like his face lit up and he was just like, you're going to make movies. And I was just like, yeah, like I'm going to make movies. And he was just (laughs) like, yeah. Like he was so excited. I think he was excited to have like more Latina voices going into the industry. So he's, he always asked me about it. Like, Oh, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? And I'm like, Oh, we're in a pandemic. So I'm not doing much, but (laughs) 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 I, I hope to be doing much, but I mean, cause like when I was little, I was very into like literature and reading and writing so I guess from the very beginning like I was a storyteller now I can't write anything (laughs) like you ask me to write something and I will have so much trouble writing um but I mean when I was little I used to read a lot and my favorite book was Diary of a Wimpy Kid (laughs) and they made it into a movie And I bought the the behind-the-scenes book. And I think that's when I started to realize, like, this is kind of cool. Like, I didn't know that so much went into making Dire of a Wimpy Kid a movie. And it was, like, super dope. And I guess I was always making little parody videos with my friends for, like, school projects and stuff like that. So that's where, like, my video side started, like, making parodies of... Um, novels and stuff like I remember making a parody of Tuck Everlasting um, where we made a commercial of water that makes you immortal and it was just the stupidest thing ever but it was so funny and people liked watching it so I was like oh like this is kind of cool and then as I got older I kind of like forgot about all that stuff or whatever and then I was focused on becoming like the best I could be in school so I was very spending a lot of my time in classes and stuff because when I was in high school I thought that I wanted to go into the stem field like my sisters my sisters are both in the in the medical field and I thought I was going to do something like engineering or techie because where I live it's like the tech industry or whatever so I was like always in school and then I studied hard and I just found found myself always wanting to prove how smart I was or whatever because like a lot of people don't think Latinas are smart and this and that, so that's what I was so stuck on during high school. And uh, I did prove that I was smart. I was a valedictorian, and was, hey. and then after that, I was just like, <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> I was like, all that for what, bro? <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> bro, literally, I you know how much I was this close to being a valedictorian? I think it was like point one
0: no bro, you're not, a valedictorian yeah. in my eyes that's, that's <laughs> I was, I was like, what <laughs> but yeah so I was so stuck on uh proving myself in that instance but and in my sophomore year of high school we were assigned a movie project and at that time I hadn't touched a camera or anything in like forever and I had no idea how to approach it but I grouped up with my cousin and our friends and We did a little movie based off the book Fahrenheit 451, which is a book we were reading. And that was the most fun stress I've ever been under. So I was (laughs) like, I think that's what made me want to do it. Cause I'm just like, no matter what I do in life, I'm gonna be stressed out about it. Might as well make it something fun. So, like, that's how I describe it: is filmmaking is the most fun stress you'll ever be under. (laughs) And (laughs) then the movie was not good at all. (laughs) Like, it was like It was something. I watch it back every once in a while. I'm just like, damn, like this is kind of funny. But I mean, I had a blast. Um, My friends, I'm sure they're tired of me, but they had a blast too. And then I took a... I finally took a media arts class my senior year. Um, And then I remember the teacher telling me, like, he was like, oh, you're a senior? And I was like, yeah. And he was just like, well, where have you been? Like, why haven't you signed up for my class sooner? And I was just like, oh, like I've been busy with, yeah. I was like, I've been busy with other stuff because I used to do choir and mariachi and like music and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, I was doing all the other stuff. And he was just like, well, this is where you belong. Like you belong here. And I was like, oh,
1: literally have the same exact (laughs) experiences. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like he was literally just like, has anybody told you that you're good at what you do? And I was just like, oh, like, deja vu. Thank you. (laughs) Like I was like, oh my god, like. I was actually shook because it was literally like the second month of school and he was like, he was just like, oh, you're, you have a really like good drive, like, and you, whatever you set your mind to, you always like do the best you can. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Like sometimes it's, it's nice to hear those validating words from like a teacher or just like someone like him who he worked on, I forgot what he worked on, but he did some Commercials for with uh sports uh, athletic celebrities and stuff like that. Uh, I forgot what it was though. But um, so he's he was in the industry for a little bit. But um, yeah. So that was really fun. And then I applied for UCLA and I got in to my surprise. I was like, what? <laughs> it was very crazy because I only admit fifteen freshmen a year. Yeah, so. it's
1: very it's very low for for both. For just the arts are very low.
0: Yeah. And what I like about UCLA is that it's less like sure you could come in with a bunch of talent or whatever, but what they look for, I think, is like drive. Like, do you have the drive to Do you have a driver's license? (laughs) Can you drive? drive? (laughs) (laughs) And if you say no, well then don't even bother playing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not the most talented in the world. Like I could definitely tell you right now. I have so much to learn and I just love learning. So that's why I'm so excited to be going to a school like UCLA um, where they really value your drive for learning about filmmaking, which is, I think is super cool.
1: And that's probably what raises a lot of people um, like yourself who just have never had like that direct path. Mm hmm. And so you have to work that just that extra hard, and you know that you you know you want to keep consuming and getting better. Whereas someone who's been doing it for a while, like has a privilege of having taken classes and all that from before, they're kind of like, oh, I, you know, it's it's more likely they'll they'll gain an ego or a, a su- superiority complex where they're just like, oh, I know this much, and you don't. Whereas yeah. you're just like. I'm going to learn as much as I can to be as best as I can. And there's always room for improvement. And I know you, cause you're always like wanting to make the things like the product that we create as best as possible for whatever we're giving. Obviously we don't have like the equipment to
2: mm-hmm. make
1: it how we want. We have to, you know, do with what we have, but I think that's super important. I, you know, to recognize
0: yeah and that's like like i i forgot i think it was either a podcast or a meeting where we were like oh that's a filmmaking and we oh. were
2: like ah <laughs> like we
0: like we just ran with that because i think what's so awesome about, about lfta is that we're broke people we're broke <laughs> but there's so much beauty in that is that you learn how to make something from nothing and i think that's a skill that every artist should have um because i feel like we literally like Even though, like, uh, Meat Lover was never released because we couldn't finish it or anything like that. We literally just worked with what we had. And a lot of it was super budget because I didn't have a job. Um, I couldn't put any money into it, really. The most money I put into was that damn cake pan light. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think I just threw it away now because I was able to upgrade my stuff. But, um, yeah, so... To be able to make something from nothing, I think that's a really fun experience. And to do it with people that are as passionate as you are is even more fun.
1: Yeah, that's very well said. And I did have the same experience as you. Mine was just a week before graduation, though. Oh. I, I went in and I kind of I put on a... I, I don't know why I did this. I went into the theater room with the teacher and I delivered a note and I played a character for some reason. <laughs> I see, like... You need to take my class, like cool. She's like, what 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 grade are you? I'm like, I'm a senior. <laughs> She's like, You should have come before. I was like, Yeah, I mean, I was a little busy with uh, school and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's crazy when you said that. I was like,
0: hmm, I can relate. Yeah, that's like definitely I don't feel like i I wasted any time, but like I'm glad that I was able to catch it when I did. <laughs> And, like, learn more from there, because, like I've lately, especially like during the coronavirus era, I've been trying to learn at least one new thing a day, big or small, in filmmaking. So I always go out read blogs,, uh, you know, read things that people write about their experiences and stuff like that. And um, I just try to get as much experience as possible. like i'm in May, I'm going down to l a to help a friend shoot a short film and um literally the weekend after is the retreat so i'm going to be going back and forth from the bay to la Oh, nice! my my car is going to be like girl what the (laughs) my car is going to be like damn we haven't taken the drive in forever (laughs) but i'm super excited for that project um i'm the audio person which i've never done before but um i've been practicing holding up a boom because it's very uh you got to build your stamina to be able to hold the boom over your head for long periods of time for sure
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) my shoulders the first few days that i was like training myself like my shoulders are hella feeling it i was like oh
1: that's cool that you're learning like a bunch of different stuff like i I didn't know anything about anything all i could do was act (laughs) and then (laughs) i'm just learning a bunch from all you guys like when we're at the even like now like Going over like the editing for the short film, and you're like, use this work. I was like,
0: oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, and honestly, the things that I was telling you are things that I just learned myself. And I was like, <laughs> damn, I could have been saving so much time editing in Premiere Pro. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you you caught on hella faster Premiere Pro. I I remember it took me a fat minute to do it, <laughs> but yeah. I,
1: th- I just think it's important for everyone to be able to learn different skills, which is why we're always like, Hey, who wants to do this? You know? So we don't like necessarily assign. We do have like backups, you know, but we don't like before when we, it was like committees, we'd be like, Oh, you have to do this and this. But now it's like everyone has the opportunity to do whatever they want. If they don't take that opportunity to learn while they have the space, I think that's on the person. Mm -hmm. because they have all the tools to be able to learn how to do different things and i love i was never the person who went out and and did that like oh i want to learn this but i don't know something about like all of you guys that are just newer members um really gave me a, a a different perspective on stuff so you know as much as i was trying to like teach everyone about like the org and how it runs and night of cultura at the same time i was learning a bunch more about like the industry and all that and then like i said the building of the community like i feel like this is a group that i mean someone was already graduated bear that in mind but i feel like it's a group that even after graduation and all that it's just a group that will support each other in that way
2: yeah no it would be so cool though like like if you if you like jump forward like eight or like 5 years you know and we see each other in the industry it's like oh hey what's up <laughs> like i don't know i just love the the idea you know like we are a community and i just feel like with this kind of thing this is it's very easy to you know uh work together again and like catch up and stuff and i don't know i just feel like these these kinds of things um it's really fun to be in a community of Creatives, because you never know like when you you'll want to like make a new project or um I don't know it's just it's just whenever we work, it's like not only is it fun, but it's also something where we can create something really cool and special,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and that's not always the case, unfortunately, sometimes it's just business
2: I mean,
0: business stuff I'll learn later for now just <laughs> let me have some fun while I have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how I think. I think that's LFTA is a perfect place for that to just have some fun because you have nothing to lose. Because we're just like student org,
2: exactly. And uh, that's what you know, college really is for is for you to kind of develop your voice because you have nothing to lose. Yeah.
0: You know?
2: Um. And yeah, that's how I think that's how you you know you get better. You. Because you know, you kinda of have to fail a little bit. You have to learn from your mistakes. And um I think that makes you a better creative.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I've definitely made so many mistakes that I hope to correct. Uh, when we reshoot Meat Lover, yeah. <laughs> this is just like a meat lover promotion. Meat lover
1: promo. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> we will complete Alan's vision.
0: We will yeah I definitely miss doing projects like that from like the pen the the pandemic. Took oh yeah, it's right?
1: completely different in person. like you vibe off each other's energy.
2: I can mean, give you an example too like of how you know our profession can specifically like um bring back people from you know all sorts of times um or like from your past mm-hmm. uh, so i for my film um, I wanted a For my like thesis film, Um, I wanted to have a live recording for my soundtrack. Um, I really like jazz because I grew up like playing jazz for a lot of years and doing like jazz dance and stuff. And so I reached out to my old band teacher to ask if they were available to play clarinet for my soundtrack. And I haven't talked to my old band teacher since like. I was in high school probably and and this teacher was uh taught me I mean, it's basically the reason i even, like got so involved with music too um i knew him since sixth grade he was the first band teacher i had all the way through middle school mm-hmm. and you know it'd been so long and i just like sent it a message i was like hi you know it's been a, a long time you know and I I just wanted to know if you would be interested in collaborating on this project, and he was just immediately like, Leslie Soto, oh my gosh, (laughs) like how are you doing? I would love to, and it's just so amazing that with film, you know, you can bring on pretty much anyone, whether you can like, whether they can voice act or whether they play music or if they um, can you know do like some editing or color or whatever, there's like so many different things that people can bring to a, a project. Um, and that's just something I really love about film. It can just really bring a lot of people together uh, with whatever talent you have.
0: That's like hella true. And I think, cause like for LFTA, cause like obviously we come from all over the place, um, mostly like in California, but like I've, I've been having ideas for like doing this little project. And then I'm just like, oh, who do I ask? And then I remember like three of our members live relatively close to me. And I'm like, hmm, (laughs) like, what (laughs) if I hit them up? (laughs) So I I don't know. If I I do end up going through with that project, I'll let you guys know. And then technically it'll be an LFTA project, even though it's only like a little bit of us. But you know what? (laughs) We're still an LFTA. (laughs) True. But yeah, it's definitely nice to be able to to hit people up and people that are excited for you, um that want and, to do it. <laughs> like yeah, you said, yeah. you
1: don't have to ask your friends and just
2: like, okay, yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Is there any last talking points or
2: any final words?
0: Any final words on our origin stories,
1: our superhero origin stories?
0: I'd say
2: moral of the story. Like, don't let people tell you like oh, you know, you have to do this job or you need to have a uh, backup plan. I was told, like, oh, you should have a backup plan, you know. But I was thinking, like, if I invest in my backup plan, it's not going to be my backup plan anymore. Like, you (laughs) know what I mean? Like, like, the reason I think that I I got to this point is because I acted like I had no backup plan. So I really invested into this. and, yeah, so I think you know, don't let people tell you what what you should do. That's for you to decide. it's your life um and in general, you know it it can be hard for us um when there aren't a whole lot of like people out there, a whole lot of big samples in your you know periphery um area um, But I think if it makes you happy, you know you should you should do it and also. It's good to remember there's a lot of different fields within film as well, such mm-hmm. as like editing and like producing and writing and animation. There's so many different things you can do, so everyone can kind of carve out a little niche. Um, so yeah, express yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Don't think that Pressers, you only no. have to.
2: Sorry
0: it just like turn whoever's editing this just like turn it into that song and hopefully we don't get a copyright <sighs> straight <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> no but for real though if you're thinking of going into the film industry don't think that you only have to be a director because there's literally so many things that you could do um i myself am a horrible director which is why i'm not going down that route but um <laughs> there's like so Direct many things little things that you can do oh my god it's so hard there's so because i feel like i mean even if this if you guys have been listening to this episode i said oh i forgot what i was going to say like 20 times and a director needs to know what the hell's going on at all times so yeah
1: and they get yeah. mad blame for projects too if it goes wrong
0: yeah sure. so i mean I'm i'm personally i'm trying to go into the cinematography world which is kind of intimidating because it's like dominated by old white men and i'm just a little (laughs) i'm just a little latina girl
2: (laughs) so we'll see how that goes but um so if if you ever think you know oh i'm not good enough to to do film stuff that is wrong okay think about all the (laughs) shows you've watched and thought like oh yeah i could do better than that you know like Like, all of those, like, those really bad shows or, like, really bad writing or whatever, like, people put money behind those, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you can do it. Like, if those bad shows could be made, you know, I I think uh, it'll work out.
0: (laughs) I think definitely just the Latino community in the filmmaking industry is, like, from what I've seen which is like very little because I literally was kicked off a of campus after nine months. Cause they were like COVID go home. But um, <laughs> yeah. from what I was able to experience was uh, going to Netflix animation studios and talking to Jorge Gutierrez, which is um, the director of the movie book of life. And he had, I think a Nickelodeon show called El Tigre. And um, he was just so excited to like have uh, Latino creators being like interested and in stuff like that. Like he was just like, anything you need, like hit up my assistant and like my and his assistant was so cool. Like he was just like, yeah guys, like for real, like there's not many of us out there. And if you need anything, like just hit me up and um I'll try to guide you as best as I can and this and that. And I'm just like damn like that's really cool that we have Latino filmmakers like that. Um like Jorge Gutierrez who has worked with people like Guillermo del Toro. So I'm like that's like super dope that um the community is just like especially the latino community in film like they're just so excited to have more latinos join <laughs> and be interested but yeah
2: it's amazing that was so cool you got to meet him wow yeah i was like
0: um, so nervous how, you,
2: how did you meet him
0: oh okay so you know mark our guest on the podcast yeah uh, he was my TA in one of my Chicano classes. And, you know, obviously when we do the icebreakers at the beginning of the year, like he's just like, Oh, say your name, your major. And I was just like, Oh, I'm a film student. And he was just like, no way. Like I'm in the film program and he's in, uh, in the graduate animation program. And, um, and then he just asked me, he was like, Oh, for one of my projects, I have to interview somebody in the industry. And I really want to interview Jorge Gutierrez cause he's a huge inspiration. And he was just like, do you want to help me? And I was just like, do I want to help you? I was like, of course. So that was really cool of him to invite me. I like literally owe him all of that. Um, But yeah, so I learned a lot that day because he brought on one of his other friends and she showed me how to set up all these things, set up the lights, do this and that. And um, it was like really, really cool. And Jorge Gutierrez is just like such a like a down to earth guy. Like it literally felt like one of my tios. Like, I was just like, eight. <laughs> but yeah, it was like super, super cool. And just like this, the little studio that we were in was super, super cool. We were in a place that was surrounded by concept art for his upcoming project. I'm not sure if it has been released yet because this was a while ago, but um, it was like really, really cool to see um, the way the characters were drawn on the wall. And it, it was a really, really, really fun experience. Has a very
2: distinctive style yeah yeah
0: definitely
1: well that's crazy how you had to have taken the class and then had him as a ta yeah for that to have happened
0: yeah so i i got super lucky <laughs> i guess but yeah and uh mark's just a super cool dude so i was very thankful for him and then am very thankful that he agreed to do the podcast if you haven't listened to that episode definitely go listen to it super interesting but yeah that was that was how i met jorge gutierrez <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess for my final closing remarks, I would just say, similar to what they've already reiterated, I, I would just say, you know, do what you like to do. Because at the end of the day, what's, like, what's the point of, like, I get, you know, especially being a sociology major, I, I understand that the world runs on money. And we live in a capitalist society. I understand mm-hmm. that part.
2: We do live in a society.
1: Yeah. Like people are going to focus on the money and all that. And your parents are going to worry, but like, what's the point if you're going to be unhappy with what you're doing? Yeah. And regardless, whatever you're doing, there's always going to be people that are telling you and having an opinion and the world is just an entire opinion. So just focus on what you love to do and do it because you love it, not because of the money and, something super important is surround yourself with people that are very like-minded in not just the profession that they're in, but the way that they view the world, I think is a huge thing. Yeah. To, to take in mind because there's so many people that are doing what you are doing, but not everyone thinks the same and not everyone has the same perspective. So not everyone will be able to tell a story in a viewpoint that, that you think so surrounding yourself with people like LFTA, who, who just support and help you grow is super important in this industry because I don't I don't think that you can do this on your own. I think you're going to need the support of individuals who generally want you to succeed.
0: And the support is out there. <laughs> and if you don't believe it, join LCA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just plug in our org. It's just a huge plug. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I kind of said it better myself. Alrighty, guys. So I think we are reaching the end of the podcast. Thank you so much to Leslie and Brian for joining me today. Yippee! And- <laughs> And, uh, you know, just just more uh, plugs at the end of the episode, because, you know, we got to do it. We got a YouTube channel, guys. You get a plug and you get
1: a plug and you (laughs) get a plug.
0: (laughs) Everybody gets a plug. We got a YouTube channel. We do reaction videos pretty soon. We're going to have our short film up there as soon as it's done editing, uh, being edited. Um, We also have a TikTok LFTA underscore talks. That's talks T-O-K-S. Uh, where we do movie reviews, and then occasionally we do other videos, little tips, tricks, and updates on what we're doing. And we have an Instagram <laughs> where we post literally everything. So if you, if there's one thing that you remember, it's the Instagram. And that uh, username is LFTA UCLA. We have a link tree in our bio with where you could find all these things that I'm talking about. Uh, and then this this podcast, Paracultura, Cultura, it's on Spotify. You can listen to it also on what are the other websites
1: (laughs) man you can listen to it on google Podcasts. yeah itunes you can listen to it on anchor man all of those places
0: all of those places you can listen to it on your home landline you know
1: your ipod (laughs) nano your (laughs) ipad shuffle your nokia dinosaur edition i don't know what the model was called
0: your game boy Boy. (laughs) just give it a give it a little listen um because we pump these out every friday um but yeah thank you so much for joining us today uh leslie and brian and thank you to whoever's listening uh and i hope that you are inspired to follow your dreams because i think as latinos we always like we need that inspiration to (laughs) follow our dreams because sometimes We just don't believe in ourselves, but that's not true. You need to believe in yourself. And uh, you're definitely more talented than what you give yourself credit for. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, thank you very much. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.